0: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design podcast episode 24 and I'm going to talk about making mistakes. Have you ever made one? I make pretty much one a day, at least a couple a week, quite a few by the end of a month and yet I am learning that's part of the process. It doesn't mean I'm broken, doesn't mean I'm bad, doesn't mean I'll never be any good at this. The fact of the matter is our jobs are so complicated, so complex with so many moving pieces. How is it possible that we could prevent every mistake from happening? Do we prevent mistakes from happening? You bet we do. Lots of them. And we never get praised for those moments when we stop a train in its tracks. However, when something falls through the cracks, as it does, uh, we definitely put ourselves in the front of the firing line to take the heat, especially those of us who have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility. Put your hand up if that's you. (laughs) Definitely, I can relate to that. So I want to talk about in this episode, the fact that mistakes happen. We all know that intellectually, but I can certainly speak from experience when I say that no matter when a mistake happens on one of my projects, I feel lousy about it. Obviously, it's not something that I want to happen, but it does occur with regularity. So I may as well get comfortable talking about it. And I'm going to go one step further and say, I want you to get comfortable billing for mistakes. Yep. You heard me right. I want you to get comfortable billing for those mistakes that you could not possibly have prevented, that would have happened if you were not hired to do this job, and that the client, had they decided to go the project alone and not hire you, would have had to correct on his or her own. So just let that marinate for a minute. We'll have a conversation about mistakes. First though, I want to check in with Cheryl and see what's happening. Cheryl, I always forget what your official title is. What is your official title here?
0: Oh, you know what? I don't. I don't even know. It's changed so many times. A director of operations, I believe, for Business of Design, but it's it's a bit of everything. <laughs> it is a bit of everything. I can't live without you. What do you have for us this week? We actually have a really busy September. So uh, this week we are relaunching our webinar series. We took. August off so we're back at it on September 6th with step 10 on the 23rd you're going to be in Florida for an event and we'll have the full details of website if you go to businessofdesign.com and click on events and finally at the end of the month you're going to be speaking at um, ESA's annual meeting Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that for those who don't know what ESA is
1: Yeah, ESA is the Electrical Safety Authority and it has to do with working with licensed electrical contractors, which is important to us as interior designers because if you're not working for the qualified trades, whomever they are, uh, it can affect your insurance and it can also impact the insurance that your clients think they have as well. So very important stuff to talk about. And I love that I'm going to Florida. I know they probably hate this, but it's in Orlando. I feel like I should borrow a kid. Cheryl, can I take your kids with me and like go to Disney World? Yeah. <laughs> Just I pick one. Yeah. Pick okay. one. Okay. All right. I'll take Macy. Man's a little too young, but uh, I know they probably hate that he- <laughs> hearing about Orlando as it, if it's just uh, Disney world. But anyway, I'm looking forward to the Florida ASID event for sure. Thanks, Cheryl. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Take care. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. A business of design, we think designers matter too. And now, back to the show. Sometimes a mistake
1: is solely mine. I goof. I write down the wrong number. I forget to tell a supplier a very important fact, like the handle for the bar fridge goes on the left, not the right. Uh, I can trace back those mistakes Pretty quickly, and I can decide because integrity is important to me that I'm not going to bill the client for those mistakes. However, I do list those items on my log sheet, and they will appear on a client's invoice and it will say non chargeable. I want them to know that I'm very aware of those moments where I could have been more thorough and I made a mistake, and therefore the client should not be charged for the time it took to correct it. So that's one thing. But then there's this whole other category of mistake that we just cannot control. The fact is most of the product we ordered is being made somewhere very far away from where we live and where our clients live. And we are placing that order through some sort of supplier or manufacturer who is then ordering the element, it's being made by someone that they don't have control of, probably in some other country, and the item is being shipped back to them and then shipped to us. So along that route, there are so many places where something can go wrong, and we cannot have responsibility for all of those different places. Now, I've been in a situation, and you probably have too, where a client says, but why don't you work with manufacturers or suppliers or retailers who do good work? and don't make mistakes, and I have to gently educate them about the fact that that pretty place doesn't exist in this universe. All of us are prone to human error, and when there's a complicated product being made and there are multiple hands touching that product, we have to expect that somewhere along the line a human error may occur. I maintain that one of the main reasons clients hire us, and of course, they want their rooms to look beautiful, they want the rooms to be finished, but one of the main reasons they hire us is they want us to deal with the project management. And unfortunately, a very contentious, onerous part of project management has to do with dealing with mistakes, all the many errors that impact the finished product. Most clients are fully aware of us juggling a thousand different balls in the air and having to make it look easy. Most clients have had the experience of trying to get a tradesperson to come back to their house and fix something. I know recently we have a generator that went bust in the country and you would have thought that somebody would have been keen to come to our place and see that our generator was broken and maybe propose either fixing it or in fact replacing it and giving us a brand new spanking new generator that would have cost a lot of money. But it was very, very difficult to get someone to come out and even take time to look at the generator that was broken. So clients are fully aware of how difficult it is to get a trade to do something, particularly if it's one small task. It is a little bit easier to get a builder to come and quote on creating a beautiful new three-story home. Everybody wants that job. A little bit more challenging when you've got to get the cabinet maker to come back and give you a quote on just refacing a few of the cabinets in the kitchen, right? I think clients are reasonable people and they understand all that. And they do understand that our job is very difficult to do well. It's hard to make it look easy easy, but most of us try, and there are going to be mistakes along the way. And quite frankly, it's our job to educate them about that fact, how frequently it happens, and how most often we can't stop a mistake that's in motion and being shipped to their home. So part of what we need to do is really take time to educate clients about the frequency with which mistakes can happen. Sometimes I have to remember to slow down and remember my stories. What are my stories? My stories are those events which occurred that caused me or my clients discomfort and I had to work through them and solve them. So when I'm at a consultation and I'm about to read through my contract and it gets to the section in the contract where I describe why we bill for mistakes, I'm able to file through my repertoire of stories and pull a couple out and explain to the client how, in fact, despite being extremely careful and crossing our T's and dotting our I's, mistakes will get through the cracks. And once I share a couple of those anecdotes, it seems the clients really relax and they understand. So then when they're in the middle of a project and something goes wrong, I'm able to refer back to that moment at the consultation. Do you remember when I first met you, Mrs. Smith, and I was telling you about that time that we ordered a refrigerator and the handle came on the left side instead of the right side, even though our paperwork clearly said it had to be on the right side? And she'll say, yes, I remember that conversation. Well, that's what happened here. When I started out as an interior design professional, I used to say to my clients, don't you worry about anything. I'm a professional. There won't be any mistakes. I wasn't lying, but I was overly naive and I was optimistic. Uh, Really good characteristics sometimes, but they will definitely hurt you here. And since then, I've learned that every single project will have mistakes and multiple mistakes. They are inevitable. Inevitable. It's how we manage these errors and missteps that really matters. Do we look for a remedy that best serves the client's Absolutely, we can let them know that. If the mistake is ours, do we take responsibility? Yes, and we can be honest about that as well. Can we honestly say that someone else's mistake was 100% out of our control, or did we have a part in that error too? So for example, if you've hired a decorative faux finisher and you've asked them to produce a beautiful paisley pattern in the foyer, were you clear that you wanted the teardrop facing up instead of downward? And if not, can you live with the fact that you did not give them explicit directions? And when we are at fault and when we do make a mistake, is it possible to introduce a new system which would catch that type of error in the future? And the answer there is yes, of course it's possible. We just need to slow down long enough to figure out what that is. I speak pretty candidly about the mistakes that I've made in the past and continue to make on a regular basis, by the way, and that strikes some people in the business of design community as funny. I mean, I'm a coach and I'm a mentor, and if I'm going to get up here and I'm going to talk about all of my mistakes, who would hire me? But the fact of the matter is, what I really want to impress upon you is it's not possible to be perfect at this job. Perfection is unattainable, and some of us will die trying, you know, we will give up, we weekends and evenings to just double and triple check something and try to get it perfect. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter sometimes how hard you push, a mistake will happen along the way. And in fact, when I'm working myself to the bone, it's much more likely that I'm the one who's going to make the mistake. I know I've shared previously the story of the time that we created a custom desk for one of our repeat clients. We had done their whole house top to bottom, and one room in that project was off limits, and that was the husband's office. He just didn't want anyone fiddling with this space. And it's funny, you know, because I'm in another job right now where that's exactly what's going on, and I can't help but think of this lovely couple. So, anyway, we finished the whole house project. It was great. Everybody was happy. Everybody was thrilled. A couple of years later, they phoned us back and said, okay, mister is ready to have you tackle his office. And so we created some plans and we created a design for some new built-ins and a beautiful new custom desk. And everything was going great until the day we delivered the desk and it didn't fit in the room. I was beyond surprised by this because I double-checked everything myself. Uh, Long story short, here's what happened. The room Plans were done and they were created by a junior designer in the office great. When it was time to put in the custom built-ins, to draw in those custom built-ins, she added the built-ins to the outside of the room instead of the inside of the room. So I would say that's a rookie mistake. That's a pretty careless mistake actually, but on the other hand, she's a junior designer. What honestly did I expect from her? And so when I looked at the plans, they looked fine. I didn't double check those measurements, those darn measurements. So it was a costly error. It was a terrible error. The clients were extremely unhappy and disappointed, as you can imagine. I was extremely unhappy and disappointed. I now owned a custom desk that I didn't want and didn't have space for, and I had to pay to produce another desk that was much smaller. And you can imagine the disappointment on the client's face when he saw this nice big desk coming his way and then the new desk is delivered and it's much, much smaller. So altogether, a terrible, terrible chain of events. That precipitated us creating a new system where we now measure once and then we go back on another day prior to having anything custom made and we measure again. Often it isn't us doing that second measurement taking, it's another tradesperson. So for example, we might measure to do a built-in and then we'd have the cabinet maker double check that measurement and take a measurement of his own. But always there's a process for measuring every twice to avoid disappointment. And I can call that story back. It's one of my stories. And I can explain to a customer that that's what happened. And then I can tell them how we handled it. It was very expensive for us. It was frustrating and disappointing to the clients. But at the end of the day, everything got finished and we were able to leave that project at least with our integrity in check if our pride had been bruised. And by the way, in case it isn't obvious, whose fault was that error? Was it the junior designers? you know, no, I don't think it was the junior designers. At the end of the day, it's my name on the door. I'm the person who's responsible. So I have to look at those situations and resist the urge to point a finger and place blame where it really doesn't belong. Did the junior designer need to learn something? Absolutely. And I was able to explain to her why she'd made a fatal error. And she went on and worked for us many years and turned out to be an awesome employee, and I don't recall ever another mistake that big. But at the end of the day, if you're the boss, uh, you're the person who has to take responsibility, which is why you need systems. You need systems to protect you. I can't do any job on my own. There's not a single job I could do without support help. I've got to rely on a painter, an electrician, a contractor. I've got to rely on someone to do AutoCAD for me because I don't know how. So there's all these people that I have to rely on on a regular basis and I want to protect myself by having systems in place so I can verify that everything they're telling me is accurate. The thing about integrity is it feels really good and you can sleep well at night, but it's sometimes very expensive. To have to pay for a new custom desk, that was a costly error. There's no question about it. Sometimes we get away easily and it doesn't cost us any money, but sometimes it costs us social capital. In other words, we've made an error and now we go calling on our, let's say our licensed electrical contractor and we say, I know that this was a mistake, but do you think you can help me out? We want to avoid asking too many times for favors like that because ultimately it gets tired, but there will be opportunities down the road for us to reciprocate and that licensed electrical contractor is going to make a mistake and you can cover him or her. So treat your trades always as the respected and valued uh, trade partners that they are and they will treat you the same way in return. It's worth considering at least once in a while the most ridiculous, embarrassing red-faced mistake that you've ever made. That desk stands out for me as a really big one, but I have made many, many others. Uh, Recently, I was on a job site and uh, we had just installed brand new windows in a client's home from top to bottom. You can imagine how expensive that was. All brand new windows, all beautiful new screens. And uh, we had the alarm company there and he handed me a screen and I said, this one looks pretty gray. When is the new screen coming? Yep, that was the new screen. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Uh, And the client was, you know, of course, like, what do you mean it looks gray? (laughs) So I had to backpedal my way out of that one. Uh, The fact of the matter is the actual color of the screen looked more gray than black. And that is the one that the client and I selected together. And I just hadn't looked closely at it yet. So I was able to explain that to the client, uh, but honestly, she looked at me like I was really needing a good sleep or something. I don't know. Many of us can claim countless times where we haven't billed enough money for our time on a flat fee project. That's a mistake. That's our mistake. So looking at these mistakes allows us to take inventory and to create systems that will help us do better in future. But if we're so busy working, 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 running from one job to the next that we never slow down long enough to take inventory, we miss out on valuable information that would help us shape our companies. So I recommend really strongly if you haven't already taken the course Mistakes Happen at businessofdesign.com, jump on, take that course. There's a great exercise there where you can really write down some of the mistakes you remember. And in my case, I began to see a pattern of a lot of different mistakes that had to do with not being thorough when I gave direction to trades. And so we were able to go back and look through all of our processes and say, you know what? We can control this. We can clean this up. We can take less of a toll on our trades if we give them thorough information to begin with. I mentioned previously that when I was younger, I would say to clients, don't worry, we're professionals. We'll make sure no mistakes happen. Well, I can tell you I approach that very differently nowadays. In fact, I tell my clients, I guarantee things will go wrong. I'll make mistakes. The people who work for me may make mistakes. The contractor might make a mistake. And we will do our very best to catch most mistakes, avoid many mistakes, uh, deter people from making very bad mistakes, but the fact of the matter is some are going to get through the cracks. And what I want you to be aware of is integrity is really important to us. So we're going to clean them up as quickly as possible. And where we've erred in our responsibility to give thorough direction, we'll make sure that you're not charged for those mistakes. But if it is a mistake that is completely out of our hands, then yes, you will be billed for the time it takes To correct the problem. And then I go on to tell the clients that as a gauge, we will look at this. If a client did not have an interior design professional on the job, would the client have to fix or correct the mistake? And if the answer is yes, then we bill for that time. In other words, if the client uh, phones a store and orders a chair and does everything right and still that chair shows up and it's wrong. Would the client have to spend her time or his time phoning the store, hucking them, trying to get them to make the mistake right, et cetera? And the answer is yes. But I can then go on to also explain the majority of the people that we work with, the suppliers, the retailers, the trades, the contractors, those are people that we work with time and time again. So when it comes time to correcting an error, they are going to give me their phone Attention because they want my repeat business. So, the fact that you are a key customer to your suppliers is critically important. It's one of the reasons I say over and over and over again don't give away your design discounts to clients. Don't let your clients get all the credit for purchasing high volume with different stores. Make sure the stores and suppliers and trades and contractors you work with know that you're the reason they have so many great jobs. And then when you make a mistake, they will be there to help you out of it. And conversely, if they make a mistake, you're going to do what you can to mitigate the damage as well. Again, I will bill for the time it takes to correct mistakes. But I will be very careful about assessing whether or not I might have influenced that situation to turn out correctly to begin with, in which case maybe I'll accept partial responsibility. The fact of the matter is correcting mistakes is not the most fun thing I do. Is it the most fun thing you do? Wow, did you hear that? That was thunder. (laughs) I'm not sitting too closely to the door. That's good. Um, But correcting mistakes is not the most fun thing I do. So why on earth would I take the least desirable tasks and make them all free to customers? Use me as much as you want for deficiencies and errors. That's my thing. I'm happy to do it. No. In fact, I want to make sure that I minimize the amount of time I spend correcting errors and deficiencies. And so I'm going to put a lot of pressure on those trades and suppliers to make things right. You bet I am. For those of you who are still stuck on the idea that, that this isn't the client's fault, though, they shouldn't be quote unquote punished no, they shouldn't be punished. But having us do the work that they would have had to do without us is a real service, and it's a valuable service. I remember a particular time we had a bolt of fabric come to our office, and we opened it up and discovered it was the wrong fabric. And we billed the client uh, 15 minutes to open the roll of fabric, determine it was the wrong fabric, and then get in touch with the fabric company to reissue a purchase order for the correct fabric. And the upholstery, Company to let them know the uh, fabric for the sofa wasn't coming. And all of that, we billed the client 15 minutes or 30 minutes, something like that. So the client reached out and said, Hey, that's not fair. It's not my fault the wrong fabric came. And I had to explain to her, It's not my fault either. And If we hadn't insisted that fabric come to our office first, here's what would have happened. The fabric would have been shipped directly to the upholsterer. The upholsterer wouldn't know it was the wrong fabric, and so he would have put it on the sofa. Then we would have hired a moving company to go to the upholsterers and pick up that sofa and deliver it to your house, to which you would say, ah, that's not my sofa. And then you would call me, and I would come dashing over, and I'd say, ah. That's not your sofa. And then I'd have to hire a moving company to take that sofa out of your house and send it back to the upholsterer. Then I'd have to order new fabric. And then the upholsterer would charge me to reupholster the sofa again. And I'd say, wait a minute, that's not fair. It was the wrong fabric. And the upholsterer would say, well, it's not my fault. It was the wrong fabric. And so I'd have to pay to have that sofa reupholstered. And then I'd have to pay for the movers to move it back to your house. And that Does not work for me as a business model. And the client said, Yeah, I could see why that doesn't work for you as a business model. So instead, I told her we have every single bolt of fabric come to our office first. We verify it's correct. And then we tag it in a very special way. So when it goes to the upholsterer, who, by the way, has 78 bolts of fabric sitting in his shop on any given day, there will be no mistake whose fabric it is, and what item of furniture it's going on. And then we can deliver the correct sofa to you. And the client completely understood and off we went. So really the onus is on us, everybody, to educate customers about what can go wrong, what does go wrong, and then how we're going to handle it. And make no mistake, it's the first mistake Did you like that little pun there? Make no mistake, it's the first mistake. It's the very first time an error occurs and how you handle it that is going to set the tone for the entire project. So I understand you're like me. Something little goes wrong and you go, nah, forget it. I'll just handle it. And you tell the client, don't worry about it. I just took care of it. Didn't seem fair that you had to. And then the next mistake happens. And now you have to think, gosh, do I just take care of this one too? Because last time I did, or do I bill the client? So if you just take care of it, you take care of it. Everybody's happy. But all, eventually, right? Is another a third and a fourth and a fifth, and finally you decide this is crazy. I need to bill the client, and the client will say, "Wait, wait a minute! You didn't bill me for the other ninety-two mistakes that happened. Why are you billing me for this one?" And the answer is. Buh. I don't know. So really what you want to do is establish at the very first moment a mistake occurs, how it's going to work. And yeah, you may have to have that uncomfortable conversation with clients where you explain again, pointing out that it's in your contract for a reason that you bill for all the time it takes to correct deficiencies because clients hate having to spend that time themselves. Most clients will say something like, wow, better you than me? I didn't want to have to deal with that because they know how frustrating it is to deal with returns and errors when they've bought things in the past. But it is our responsibility to educate the clients. I was on a job site once and we were doing uh, step 10, step 11. And uh, the person who makes our draperies came running in the door and had a bag of all the different pillows he had made for the project. And of course, there were two beautiful all white pillows right on top. And something happened the bag opened, one of the white pillows fell in the mud. That was it. No longer a white pillow. There's a mistake. Now, whose fault is that mistake? Well, it's the poor drapery person. Sorry, but you had a hole in your bag and it fell out, and that's lousy. Um, so I can do one of two, three things at that point. I can say, That's your fault. You have to fix it right away. Uh, but I also have to be reasonable. He can't fix it right then and there. There's no tied pen in the world that's going to fix that problem. So I have to talk to that tradesperson respectfully, figure out how we're going to solve the problem. And then if it's someone, who has been incredibly invaluable to my business? Then perhaps I can help. You know, I don't have to say you have to get it fixed and you have to get new fabric, and I don't have to lay down the law. Instead, I can say, "Well, this is funny. Let's put this aside. I'll show the client when she comes home, so she knows we're not making it up." Um, I'm going to get the new fabric. I'll pay for the fabric. Don't worry about it. I owe you. If you'll just remake the pillow and get it to the client's house, and typically the supplier will say, "Oh, my God, thank you." So so much. I really appreciate it. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. And there you have the beginning of a beautiful relationship. We had Luanne Igarra on the show, uh, episode 19, I think it was, and she talked about the fact that she just got berated by an interior designer in front of a client one time, and she just stood there with her mouth open. Who would do that? The fact of the matter is we hire these people, so their performance uh, is on us, and we want to make sure that we make them feel good and make them look good so that we can work together for a long, long time. Last summer, I was at a job site and I was working with someone I hadn't worked with very often. And um, she had um, picked up a lamp and was about to put it on a a piece of furniture that the client had. And I said, be very careful with that. I don't want to scratch that piece of furniture. And we need to remove that lampshade and we're going to replace it with these other lampshades that we have. So I said to her, be super careful when you are unscrewing that finial because they're very heavy. And if you drop it, it could break or damage the table underneath. And so she was very careful with the finial and she unscrewed it and took off the old lampshade. And then of course, a couple weeks later, we're back with the new lampshades, uh, which we had had uh, custom made in a beautiful fabric. And sure enough, I was with somebody else from the office who's been with me for a couple of years, uh, but it wasn't; she wasn't the person that I'd spoken to a couple of weeks previously. Anyway, you already know what happens, right? She <laughs> unscrewed the finial. I wasn't paying any attention. And besides, I'm thinking I already had the finial conversation a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't need to have it again, right? Unscrews the finial and bam, Thunder again. Can you hear it? That's crazy. She unscrews the finial and bam, it makes a huge loud noise and it dents the heck out of this gorgeous, gorgeous piece of furniture. High gloss, lacquered, macassar ebony wood. Yeah, I about had a stroke. I was so freaked out. Some mistakes are so easy to fix. I'll just get some new white fabric and you'll remake the pillows and everybody wins. But this mistake, not one of those mistakes. So I had to come clean to the client. I had to accept responsibility for it. It was completely and totally our error. And in this case, I got so lucky because the client said, let's put a tray or a knickknack or something down on the table right there and you'll never see it. And she, she let me leave it. Well, you can't imagine. I practically cried with relief. So I got her a gift certificate for $500 to an art store that she likes. And she was thankful. And I was so, so thankful. And in fact, we're working on another project together right now. I think what's important about that story is a couple of things. It's important for me to know that mistakes are going to happen no matter how hard I'm trying. It's also important to know that I can sometimes go to a client and just tell them the truth and say, mea culpa. And I I don't know how I'm going to fix it, but I'm going to try to fix it. And it's also important for me to know that sometimes clients are just really awesome, nice, decent people. And if that's the case, do something extra special for them because they deserve it, right? So lots of lessons in that one story, but I'm telling you right now, if you undo finials on lamps, please take them off breakable furniture or you'll be sorry. (laughs) I wonder if I'm going to get some emails and letters from people going, oh my God, that happened to me. That happened to me. Remember, every single mistake that happens on a job is just an opportunity for you to figure out a system that will prevent that mistake from happening again. Now, to be honest with you, I have not figured out a system for for preventing dropped finials from breaking furniture. Uh, Perhaps I'll put a note in our styling kit. I'm not sure what else to do with that. Uh, But most often you can point to the place where you need to fix a crack or fix a leak or build a bridge to a better operating procedure. And uh, when that happens, you're really lucky because you can tell yourself, I don't have to make that mistake again. I'm not a victim. I'm a powerful business owner and I don't have to make that mistake again. But when mistakes happen, be confident in knowing that correcting those mistakes is part of the value we bring to projects. And most clients would be happy to pay for that. Um, I don't know about you, but I would be really happy to pay anybody who would be willing to deal with the phone company when I have an issue about my phone. It just seems like it's two hours of my life. I'll never get back all the time. And I would pay a premium for someone to deal with that. So think of situations like that when you're billing clients for mistakes mistakes of how many times you wish you could pay someone to deal with the most annoying aspects of your day. And you'd be grateful to have the ability to do that. I love that you're here. Thank you so much for reaching out. You do us a big favor if you could subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, like our podcast, tell your friends, and by all means, check us out at businessofdesign.com. We're glad you're here.
0: At Business of Design, We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.